What is up? We are back. Tony in the field. Tony in the field. Oh my God. I love those guys. So excited to be on Tony in the field. Love the show. Oh man. I can't wait. I'm fired up. Preston, what's on the menu, brother? The gloves are coming off. James catches, puts up the three. Wall go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History point of What is up, everybody? It's Tony in the field back again. This time we got Big Tony in person. Tony Rip City is what they're calling him up here in Portland uh, as Big Tony has made his way up for the New Year's Eve holiday that will play, take place tomorrow as we are taping this on December 30th at 10.18 p.m. Uh, in the 1080 The Fan Studios. And Big Tony, man, it's good to finally do one of these in person, Big Dog. It is, man. I think this is the first ever time that we've done a, a podcast with, with both of us in the same location, huh? I think since college. Like, since you know, since since our college work back yeah, in the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did have a lot of quality college work. Shout out KWVA. Absolutely. Uh, but no, we wanted to come on um, because we got a couple different things to talk about. Obviously, the Duck Football Bowl game uh, is tomorrow uh, from where we stand today against Michigan State. We'll break that down. We want to talk college football playoff, and we also have a potentially all-time segment uh, coming up with uh, with our Le- with our LeBron versus MJ chat. We're gonna put a different spin on it. A different spin, I guarantee, than you've ever heard on the LeBron MJ debate. Uh, and I think you're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to enjoy it. We're not going to be just a bunch of old bald dudes screaming into a microphone. Yeah, it's not going to be, uh, you know, for the third time in one week where we where we scream into the microphone about how Jordan is 6-for-6 six six in the finals and how LeBron averaged a triple-double against the Warriors. We're, we're going to go very, very unique on our takes, huh, Chief? We, we definitely are. All right, we got to start with the college football playoff, though. I was actually calling a bunch of high school games at the Les Schwab Invitational, which was super fun all week. Uh, during these games, I did get a chance to uh, get out between games and see some of the action, and then obviously saw all the highlights as well. Um, and I know you saw some of the game until you couldn't even take it anymore. Uh, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Alabama, Oklahoma. Why, why does Notre Dame keep getting in these games? I, I think that's the question to ask because... We all knew going into it that Clemson was going to win. I expected more of like a 27 to 3 to our 27 to 10 kind of game. And I think the final score was 30 to 3 in favor of Clemson. Yes, it was. And uh, what do you know? We got Bama against Clemson again uh, in the title game. Yeah, round four, right? For the fourth straight year um, in some capacity, we're going to see Bama versus Clemson in the college football playoff. My God, can we get a couple of new faces in there? I mean, Jesus. Yeah. It, I know it just means more on the South and the SEC, but I'd love to see a team not uh, wearing bright orange or that crimson red uh, play each other for all the marbles. And and to go and going back to Whitlock, to go back to your early point about Notre Dame, they stink, man. I've been telling people all year that they stink, that they're fraudulent, that they're illegitimate, that they play a cupcake soft schedule in a non-existent conference because they're not actually in a conference. And what do you know? They go undefeated by beating up on a bunch of milkmen and a bunch of accountants all year, and they get smashed in the playoff. They didn't belong there. They clearly didn't belong there. Anyone who watched that game knows that that Notre Dame just doesn't have the athletes. They don't have the coaching. They're not a top four football team in college football. That much is very clear. 
I just don't understand how when you when you actually watch the games, you watch them struggle against USC, you watch them beat Pitt by five. Like, how do you not know that they're not good enough to be in the playoff? Now, the one thing I will say, which is weird, is like <clears throat> it's kind of tough to put and or it's kind of tough to leave out an undefeated Notre Dame team on the surface. It sounds that way compared to, for example, as we were talking about the other day, Georgia, who we both agree is clearly better than Notre Dame. It's not. Even, it's really actually not even close. Not to overuse that, but it, it really is not close. If you actually watch those teams play this year, um, but <clears throat> it it would have felt a little bit weird putting a two loss Georgia team that had just lost. Uh, into the playoff over Notre Dame because they were undefeated. I don't think if you're looking for the four best teams, I think you totally put Georgia in. It just I think the playoff committee's just feeling like okay, I guess Notre Dame deserves it because they're undefeated. You know what I mean? Like so, I I say that to say I kind of understand where the committee's coming from, but now we have all officially learned our lesson. The big takeaway is even if Notre Dame's undefeated, if they look really bad in a couple games, which they did, barely beating Northwestern, barely beating Pitt, barely beating USC, by the way, a USC team that had pretty much given up on their season, then just don't leave, don't put them in the next time the playoff rolls around and that scenario's on the table. Yeah, and I can almost guarantee that they're not going to be undefeated the next time the playoff rolls around because they got lucky against a bunch of fraudulent teams this year, and those teams are most likely going to be better next year. I mean, this year was a very strange season uh, for both USC and Stanford to be awful, and then the rest of those teams just didn't show up. I mean, they didn't play anyone. That's the other thing. They didn't play. They, okay, they, they, their best wins against Syracuse. Yeah, that's that's great. And then they just they put up three points against Clemson in the semifinal, a semifinal game. They're not one of the best four teams in the country. They shouldn't have been in there in the first place. Hopefully, hopefully the committee's learned their lesson and just won't put them in from here on out if they keep looking like typical Notre Dame football. Yeah, Notre Dame football, folks, uh, is not back, and I think we can all agree. Notre Dame, there's that big graphic that uh, that ESPN put up that just went viral about Notre Dame's success, or lack of success, I should say, in the college football playoff era or BCS games, and that pretty much uh, tells the whole story there for Notre Dame, who is uh, not uh, advancing in the college football playoff. Instead, it's Clemson and Bama for literally the fourth time in a row. Bamsa, Bama beat Oklahoma pretty good. Um, it was 28 nothing at one point, and then 45-34 was the final score. Kyler Murray's amazing, man. Like I've said before on this pod, I saw him playing person in Dallas. Like, I'm not sure I've ever seen a faster quarterback in college football history. We were talking about this. You brought up Mike Vick. I think that's a really good point. I think Vick and Kyler Murray are the, the two fastest QBs to ever play college football. And that Oklahoma offense is for real. They were held in check quite a bit early, and Kyler looked like the Heisman curse was on. But they got a couple kind of cheap late touchdowns and had a backdoor cover. I think they only lost by 11. Yeah, 45-34. But, um, yeah, man, it was just it was too much Bama, and it's, it's amazing to watch Bama. They're so good that they're boring. Like, we talk about, like, Jerry Judy is open by five yards every time. How does that happen? Every time, folks. He's, he's open by, like... Tua's good, there's, but they would be fine without Tua because Jerry Judy's open by five yards every time he runs a slant. There's Judy wide open. I mean, every time it's incredible, dude. Like they're and, they, and they Bama doesn't do anything tricky. I can't remember the last time they ran a trick play. Like they just they don't run a spread. They just or they don't run like a weird tricky up tempo spread. They they just drop back to pass and they throw it to a wide open five star every single time. Either that or they have. F- 
five five-star running backs on the roster that they can just hand off to, and then they can go ahead and get 12 yards of carry. It's ridiculous, man. I think you were telling me that they have um, the, the, obviously the vast majority, but what is it, like close to 80% of their roster yeah, is like, comprised no. of four- and five-star players? Yeah, the stat the stat last year was like 85% of their roster is either a four- or a five-star. Yeah. It's insane. Awesome. Folks, it just means more they in have, title town. <laughs> it really does just mean more down there. They literally have like eight five star running backs at a time on their roster. Yeah, and and and, 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 and I'm serious. And some of them they just get converted to DB because they would never play off running back. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Uh, it, it is unfair. It's 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 boring. It's stale. It's old. It's cheap. It's like Little Caesars pizza. Uh, but it looks like they're gonna win the title again. I hope. I'm praying that Clemson. Uh, shows up again like they have um, in those in those two title games. They didn't show up last year against Bama, and I'm hoping that it's more of the Deshaun Watson uh, era out of Clemson than it is the Kelly Bryant. I actually think Clemson can keep this thing really close. I, I do. Um, <clears throat> ETN is amazing. The fact that they have a freshman quarterback uh, in Trevor Lawrence, who is very good, very talented. I trust me, I've read all about him. I know everyone says he's the most talented QB to ever play at Clemson, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that he's a freshman going against that Bama defense scares me a little bit. However, I would say Bama's defense is not nearly as good as it's been in years past. It's not like the 2011 Bama with Hightower and like nine other NFL starters on the field. Um, So I think, you know, with ETN, they can kind of get some things done on offense. Clemson can. And then their D-line, you know, keep them in it. Someone's someone's just... Someone's got to hit Tua, dude, because Jerry Judy's open by nine yards every time he runs out for a pass. It's not just Jerry Judy. They have, like, five other five-star wide receivers that are just... I mean, the DB isn't even in the picture when they show the replay. They're just 10 yards of separation, and then Tua just throws a a three-flies-up moon ball, and the guy just runs under, and it's a touchdown. And you're like, huh, how do they keep getting these players? And, well, then, I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole of, of how many bag men that Saban has, but it, I don't know, folks. We're, we're sick of seeing Bama around here. I think for the vast majority of the country, they're sick of seeing Bama as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I as a huge college football fan, I respect the hell out of Nick Saban and the Bama program in general. I'm not, I'm not saying you don't, but I am tired of of – of Bam, of seeing Bama just because I want something new, not and I'm I am not. There are a lot of Bama haters who crack. A lot of SEC haters. There are a lot of like SEC slash Bama haters who crack me up. You guys, as the great Ryan Rosillo said the other day, must disagree with every NFL front office of all time because look at who's playing well in the NFL. It's a Bama or an SEC kid. There are consistently more players drafted out of one division of the SEC there are than there are out of any other entire conference. So like if you don't. If you if you want to go ahead and hate on them, go ahead. But just so you know, you're hating on the best, and that's why and that's why they get hated on the most because they are the best. Um, there was a game on. Gosh, what was it? Uh, what was that really bad bowl? Oh, Cal TCU. Historically bad. The Cheez It Bowl was literally historically bad. At one point, there were seven points on the board and six interceptions. Okay, folks. Ever anyone who compares that to like Tennessee and Florida, I, they sent out some tweet that was like, "This is like watching Tennessee and Florida, but with way worse athletes." Because it's true, Tennessee and Florida will play like 14, 13 games, but at least they have like four DBs in that game who are going to the NFL and three D linemen. Like that Cal TCU game, 
uh, was just not fun to watch and the talent wasn't there. So I just say that to say you can hate on Bama all you want, but at some point you have to acknowledge also that they are the best. Can we talk about that fake moment by or fake tough moment by Saban when he threw his headset down? It's that like, was kind it's of like, fake dude, tough. you're up 30, you're, you're going to win, and then you're going to win the next game, and then you're going to win every single game that you coach until you finally just move to an island somewhere and sip some <laughs> sip some tropical drinks. Sip some tropical uh, frozen margaritas and eat some stop, chips and guac. Stop acting like you're mad. I mean, let's be real, dude. It's so fake tough for Saban to throw his headset and get mad at a five-star that's making him millions of dollars every year. He just makes one mistake. I mean, come on, Saban. Cut the grease. Yeah, I mean, the thing with that is that Saban, and I've noticed this, I've picked up on that, because he, he doesn't snap a headset every game, but when he's up... That's when he's the most mad. He'll like when when it's a close game, he's like golf clapping and like cheering his quarterback on, like trying to encourage him. But when it's a blowout and he knows that like he can freak out just to like make sure his players keep their foot on the gas pedal, that's when he gets the most mad. When he's up twenty one, he'll snap a headset, dude. Yeah, but but if if, if the game's ever tight, you're right. He's he's uh he's cheerful. He's he's everyone's like, cheerful number one. Saban, he's everyone's number one fan. If Saban's actually cheerful on the sideline, that's when you know they're like losing. Or, that's when or, you know that's when you know they're in a little bit of danger. Or they're in real danger. Yeah. yeah. Like when he's when he's pissed off is when they're up uh, a million. All right, should we move on to the Ducks? Let's do it. Oregon and Michigan State. Uh, we have the Red Box Bowl. What is that? Red Box, like the. Uh, no, I know what the service oh. is. I know what the business is, but yeah. what is the Red Box Bowl? I've never heard of that before. Is that one of yeah, those? Yeah, it's a bowl? new one. Okay. Yeah, it's a new one. Red Box and Chill on Red, New Year's Eve. Red Box and Chill. Uh, I'd was, probably rather do that than watch this bowl game, honestly. <laughs> that was my initial tweet. No, dude, and I think that's a really good point. Like, bowl season is becoming less and less relevant um, with the addition of two teams into this well, the addition of the college football playoff in general, so four teams total. Uh, it'll be really irrelevant when there's eight teams. And I get that it's a fun experience for the players and all that, but um, I'm as uh, as big of a college football fan as you will ever come across. Uh, and some of these bowl games, man, they're just – they kind of don't mean more, uh, to be quite honest. I mean, um, Oregon, Michigan State, you know, I work for the fan. We have Ducks, right? So – if this was a program on the fan, I'd be hyping the game up a little bit more. But I think it's a really good point by you to say, like, I'm not that excited about the I'm game. I'm not excited at all. And, and, no, and I'm serious. And I, I think a lot, of, a lot of it, to be fair, a lot of it has to do with the fact that Oregon's played in Rose Bowls and literally national championships in the last decade, and now it's just a Red Box Bowl. So I think every Oregon fan feels kind of the same way. Like, uh, eh, the Red Box Bowl, like, whatever. Like, there used to be days, like, when we were on the come up, when I was in high school, or in, sorry, even middle school, the Holiday Bowl was, like, awesome. We were like, oh, my God, we're going to the Holiday Bowl. This is amazing. Like, that's that's, ser- that's seriously how we felt. And then, obviously, Oregon fans have been spoiled over the years, uh, and they've now been, you know, relegated to, oh, the Red Box Bowl. That's boring. But I think just in general, uh, you know, not to be, like, too negative on the podcast or anything, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not a game that, I, like, I'll definitely watch it, and it'll be fun, but I'm not, like, overly hyped about it at all. Yeah, it's not even so much that, that the Ducks are have regressed to the point where they used to compete for titles and and Rose Bowls and and and, and for what it's worth I, I believe that we're on the right trajectory with the program um you'd be foolish to think otherwise just with how well that Oregon's been doing with recruiting and and Herbert coming back and everything else that comes into play but I think it's just more so I, like I'm not interested in a lot of these irrelevant bowl games period so like it it has nothing to do with with Oregon playing in this game and everything to do with 
do I really want to watch this game in the first place, regardless of who's playing? I'm just more so interested in the big bowl games this year. And I think that goes back to what you were saying is these bowl games are meaning less and less every year. Yeah, yeah, no, they definitely are. Um, you know, the the Rose Bowl, I'll be super excited about. Any New Year's Six Bowl, I'll be, I'll be excited about. I'm with about. you there. Yeah, I'm with a, you there. All the New Year's Six Bowls are, are going to be pretty cool. I'm excited for those. Um, you know, Ohio State, UW, and the Rose Bowl. Has, oh, my God. Has, Ohio State is just going to absolutely <laughs> Brazilian wax Washington. That, they, that's not going to be close. Are they going to give them the Kung Pao chicken? That's not going to be close. You, you got Ohio State by three touchdowns? Oh, yeah. It's Urban's last game before he goes to hell. I mean, before he goes <laughs> to teach at Ohio State. And that is going to be a... Jackie Chan karate kid ass whooping. It's gonna be Urban's last game before he goes to hell to hang out with Art Bryles. I mean hang out with uh, uh Art Bryles cousin. I mean hang out with uh actually go back to teach at Ohio State. Folks, you go to hell and it's Saturday. It's college football Saturday. Tell us what hell's like. Break Here's what hell's like. Break it down for us. If you've done bad, folks, and you haven't atoned for your sins, <laughs> when you get to hell. There'll be a TV waiting for you. It's standard def, though. It's not high def, not 4K. Standard def. You got Art Bryles on your left. You got Urban Meyer on your right. You can only watch Big Ten West football all day long. Great games going on. There's SEC. There's Pac-12 after dark. There's Big 12 football in the mornings. But you can only watch Big Ten West no. football. No. Not Big Ten. No. Big Ten West football. No. That's right. Big Ten West? Iowa versus Wisconsin. No. Seven to three games all day long featuring fullback dives and no. five-yard slants. And, and and Mother Nature ends up playing the role of, of whoever wins in the game. It's like a slippery interception ch- changes the tide of the game. And cold weather quarterbacks, folks, and absolutely no, no. offensive play calling. Converted safeties in the, or who are now quarterbacks. <laughs> three stars. Let me finish here. You can only watch that. No. Standard def. Urban on your right. Art on your left. And you can only eat Little Caesars pizza. That's the only thing you can eat all day long. Nothing else. No. And the only thing that you can have to drink is lukewarm bush light. No. That's bush what, light. That's what hell's like, folks. That's actually better than Miller Miller High Life. Barely. Uh, barely. No, no. Better. That's that's like better than um, like Natty, Natty light. light. Yeah. yeah. I'd take Miller High Life. Oh, no. Miller High over Bush Light? No, no, not Miller Light. Not Miller Light. Miller High Life. I take anything that has Miller on it over Bush Light. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, to be fair, I actually have not had a Bush Light in a, like a long time. Since, thank God. Since, you know, college. So, in some random T- basement in college. Like, tastes like copper. Yeah. 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 Some t- tastes, like, <laughs> tastes like Tastes copper. like nickels. A couple of fishermen in Montana just sucking down some bush lights, yeah. throwing the fly rods out there. And folks, if if you're if if you haven't atoned for your sins, you know, if you're insider trading, if you're if you're cheating on your wife, if if you're if you're doing bad, well, just know that you'll wake up one day and Urban will be on your left, Art will be Art. on your right, and it's Big Ten West football all day long. No way. You want to mm-hmm. check the you want to check the score of the Bama Georgia game? Where is Sandusky? San and Sandusky's waiting on you. So yeah, Sandusky's San- the waiter. Sandusky's mopping floors in the back. Sandusky's mopping floors. Yep. Uh, Joe Paterno might be waiting on you. Paterno's probably there. He's probably in the corner just doing something. Yeah. Um. There, there are a lot of people that will be there. Yeah. Uh, but she'll be one of them. Wow. Bryles and Urban Meyer are the 18. <laughs> they are the absolute 18. Bryles si- is the eight. He's the face of the program. You're sitting on <laughs> an incredibly uncomfortable, undersized couch. <laughs> It's like missing some leather. 
and you're right in the middle, and there's no room, and you're fo- forced to watch. Big and Urban Ur- and, Ur- and, uh, and, uh, and Urban and Art haven't showered in weeks, by the way. So. Yeah. 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 And you're forced to watch Big Ten West football. That's right. You can't go to sleep. You can't do anything Fullback else. Fullback dives in, in 17 degree weather, just snowing. Yeah. Converted safeties at quarterback. At Hawkeye Stadium. At Hawkeye Stadium. Shout out to Ken, Camp shout Randall. Out, shout out to Kenick, Iowa. And Camp Northwestern Randall. versus Wisconsin at Camp Randall. Oh, my God. It's, it's no, three, Camp Randall's it's, way too nice of a stadium. we got to send it back to Kyle it's, Field. It's 3 nothing. start of the fourth quarter. <laughs> Fake punts coming. Oh, oh That's man. hell, folks. That is hell. Make sure you go to confession tomorrow. Okay. Should we talk about Herbert coming back, or is that too serious of a sports conversation? No, I think we can mix it up pretty um, I just why is he, well why is he coming back? I don't know why he's coming back. Why is he? I mean, I you do you know, know why he's coming back? I have no idea. I have no idea. Why is he coming back? I do you, <sighs> my only guess is the fact that you know I don't know if he has his degree or not, but he want he just he's fr- he's obviously he's from Eugene. His brother's gonna be on the team, and he loves Oregon. But still, and I love this kid. I've interviewed him before, one on one, in a sit down setting. I've also you know talked to him. I don't know. 50 times or whatever at media availability. He's probably more than that. He's a great guy. But why is he coming back? Dude, you're passing up on a guaranteed like $20 million. More than that. And he's he's the number one quarterback prospect. He, well, he was the number one quarterback prospect on like damn near every draft board, yeah. every mock draft. Now Will Greer's going every, number one every, to the Giants. <laughs> everything that I saw had Herbert within the top 10, which is... Uh, let, let's just say that you're moving to Malibu and you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Um, but but now that's going to be Will Greer instead of Justin Herbert or Ryan Finley from NC State. Can you imagine? That guy's not good. Can we get it? A- Ryan Finley's not good, and neither is the guy from Duke. I mean, these quarterbacks aren't good, and Herbert is literally I gifting actually, them millions of dollars. I, I actually think Haskins is actually kind of good. Haskins is sick. He's good, dude. He's really good. Yeah, and I think he Greer, threw for like a hundred touchdowns this year. And Greer's pretty solid, but I, the rest of those guys at those other schools, yeah. I mean, you you guys better. I hope you guys wrote Justin Herbert a nice thank you letter. <laughs> yeah. If he didn't get your Christmas card, you better send him one next year. I couldn't believe it. I was calling the Les Schwab Invitational, and I got a Bleacher Report notification the day after Christmas. It was the day after Christmas is when yeah. it got released his official statement through the athletic department. It was like Justin Herbert's returning to Oregon. And I, I was like, I was, I definitely read that wrong. And it was like, nope, Justin Herbert's returning to Oregon. I was like, wow, all right. And it, I mean, his statement was. It's, let's give him credit. His statement was cool. You know, he obviously cares about the school a lot. Like, like. You know, I I think, it, you know, it's for any of us to be like, dude, terrible decision. We're just talking about finance. We obviously don't know the guy personally. Exactly, strictly um, finance. It's, stri- folks. It's, it's strictly finance. Strictly finance. And I and I wish the kid the best. And uh, you know, maybe uh, Arroyo figures things out offensively, and 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 then Herbert does as well, and he comes back and throws for, you know, whatever it is, four thousand yards and forty touchdowns. Obviously, we hope that happens. Just yeah. for the sake of the and kid. And then Oregon either goes to the Rose Bowl or the College Football Playoff, which they could very well Dude, do. The with Pac-12 all the talent. is so up for grabs too. The Pac-12 the pa- is the Pac-12 is so up for grabs. A huge bag of trash. Yeah, the Pac-12 uh, is a giant, leaky, partially opened. You're dragging it to the trash can, and there's some coming out of the bottom. Yeah. That's what the Pac-12 looks like. Dude, the Pac-12 championship game—that's the picture before that Stuart Mandel tweeted out when there was no one there. I mean, there's no one at that game. There's no. You mean one the there. game that ended ten to seven? And the only or ten to three. 10 to three. The only oh, the, the only touchdown. The only touchdown was the flukiest pick six I've ever seen. And I'm not exaggerating that for the sake of a podcast. 
It was the flukiest pick six I've ever seen. It was a perfect pass by Utah's backup quarterback. It hit the Utah receiver in the hands. He's going down to the ground with it, and then he somehow loses it, and it like pops off his hip up into the air, and a UW defender's just like yeah. there, and he's like, oh, this is cool. The ball's right in front of me in the air. Grabs it and goes the other way. Byron Murphy grabs it and goes the other way. I bet you Byron Murphy was really thinking, wow, this is probably going to be the only touchdown of the day. I better make sure I run it in. That was incredible, man. I looked up the stats. I, I did a deep dive. UW's offense was ninth in the Pac-12. I think I ninth in the Pac-12. Yeah, in the Pac in the Pac-12, they were ninth. They're the, they're they are for sure the worst offense to ever win. Remember when people thought that Jake, Remember when people thought that Jake Browning was going to be like the, the, not only just like a top quarterback, but just like a, a, a regular Sunday starter. <laughs> Did people actually think that? People thought that Browning yeah. was going to be like the truth that Are sophomore you sure? year. Really? That, that sophomore year when he was throwing to and literal and, a, and 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 Dante Pettis, <sighs> yep. literal Shout NFL receivers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So uh Herbert, hey man, it's yours for the taking, dude. Like hey, you come back and you're going to be he's going to be the best quarterback in the conference next year, obviously. He was already the best quarterback he in was. the conference. Yeah, it was not close. He's All the right. best quarterback in the country. Yeah, he actually was. He was. He, he he was. He was the most. He he probably was. Um, you know him, Kyler, and Haskins all up there. Yeah, too as well. Shout no, as you him. mentioned, definitely not bashing the kid. Uh, strictly. Yeah, fi- not we're, at we're all. Strictly talking finance here, and I sincerely hope, again, talking finance here, that he's got a solid insurance policy lined up for next year. Yeah, they'll grease him uh, up with because that. we all remember what happened to Matt Barkley. Not saying it's going to happen, but yeah. All right, should we talk LeBron? Yes. All right, first let's uh let's play this clip from. Uh, more than an athlete, it's the ESPN Plus little thing they got going, that uh, <clears throat> video series with Braun. And um, so, yeah, here is him talking about him becoming the greatest player of all time. That one so, right there made me the greatest player of all time. For That's so what many I felt. reasons. I was super, super ecstatic to win one for Cleveland because of the 52-year drought. Like, I was ecstatic. Like, obviously, I showed that, that the first wave of emotion was when y'all, everyone saw me crying. Like, that was all for 52 years of everything in sports going on in Cleveland. And then after I stopped, I was like, that one right there made you the greatest player of all time. You know, everybody was just talking how they were the greatest team of all time. Like, it was the greatest team to ever assembled. And for us to come back, you know, the way we came back in that fashion, I was like, you did, you did something special. That's probably one of the only times in my career I felt like, oh, shit, like you did something special. I haven't had, really had time to really like sit back and think, but that, that was a moment. All right, so that was more than an athlete on ESPN+. Plus. I need to watch that. Those look awesome. With uh, Rich, Randy, and, um, so, oh, yeah, obviously Mav. Um yeah, dude, I mean, <clears throat> obviously I think anyone who knows me knows how I feel about LeBron. Uh, certainly the greatest player of my lifetime that I've seen uh, in person. But um, we're going to put a different spin on this, AP, because we're not going LeBron versus MJ. We're not going LeBron versus Kareem. Nope. All right? We are Kareem going, versus Wilt, we're not doing we're not that doing, here. We're not throwing Wilt in there, okay? We're not throwing pick your potential goat in there and anyone who says kobe you can just you can just exit the building okay you know there's still a lot of socal bros that think that kobe's better than lebron yeah because they're socal bros they got the kobe the the kobe jersey on the yellow one yeah they, they got like, the backwards did, la hat they like clearly didn't watch game seven where he was like five of 24 against the celtics and somehow won and ron artest bailed him out for that championship dude <laughs> and they scored like 83 points in game seven to win it was absurd uh anyways 
or no, AP, we're taking a different approach, and this was brought up by you, and I agree with it. Um, let's just break down, you know, I think the best way to do this is let's break down who Jordan was playing back in the day, because we got into this debate the other night. We were at Bushwhackers in Tualatin. Shout out. Uh, <clears throat> we had a close friend, Matt Derhal. I just got done calling 16 basketball games in four days. So that's why my voice is a little hoarse, um, slash I'm coughing a lot. <laughs> there it is again. We were calling back. Uh, we were we were at Bushwhackers chopping it up with um, a couple good friends, and we got into the debate of all-time players. And I, I hate that legacy debates. Like I'm not even into it. But all of a sudden, I overheard it, and so I was listening. and And then we were talking about all of a sudden who's better, Wilt or Kareem. And that brought up me to the debate. I you know I go you know you know Kareem's the all-time scorer. He played in a, in an age of um, you know winning the finals anyway, but against a bunch of pretty good people, but. Who was Wilt playing? And then we go, you know what, for that matter, who was Jordan playing when he wasn't in the finals or the playoffs? And I'll let you take it from here. Well, you see, LeBron has been playing against elite competition since day one, and most recently the battles with the Warriors, Chief, as you well know, uh, the greatest team ever assembled. Whoa, I, I think, whoa. I think that much is clear. So whoa. Clear? As, as LeBron is playing against... Uh, an amazing team, no doubt. As LeBron is playing against KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and other... Talented players. Uh, we, we look Jordan back. Bell. Hey, Jordan Bell, thank you. Shout out. We look back and um, and watch the film. Look at the box scores. Check out some of the rosters. And <laughs> I can't help but notice that that Jordan, as great as he was, was beaten up against a bunch of plumbers. <laughs> I mean, Jordan was averaging were... thirty a night against <clears throat> a, a, a bunch of milkmen. He was shooting that fadeaway against a bunch of wheat farmers. Let's face it. I seem to remember Jordan dunking from the free throw line while a bunch of off-duty firemen were clapping in the background. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Off-duty firemen. Off-duty firemen. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Wilt was going up a bunch against a bunch of six-foot-one dairy farmers. Yeah, and what about Magic? Wilt, Wilt was going up. Well, hold on, hold on. What about Magic? <laughs> Magic was out there orchestrating Showtime Lakers <laughs> against a bunch of electricians. Again, they brought their toilet they brought their toilet cleaners to the gym. They set them aside and then they suited up and got out there and shot some warm-up shots and then they faced off against Magic Johnson. And don't get me started about Carl Malone. The mailman was literally going up against other mailmen. <laughs> Except Real they life. were doing it for a living. Real life. The mailman. nine to five for the guys that Carl Malone was posting up. They were delivering mail to his house earlier. Stockton Malone were running the pick and roll against a bunch of city politicians out there. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of a, bunch of stressed out accountants <laughs> trying to get some run in at night. A bunch of CFOs just trying to blow off some steam. I mean, it'd be no different than CJ and Dame going down to club sport and playing playing against a bunch of investment bankers <laughs> in, a, in a weeknight run. Jordan, you know, Jordan had that awesome up and under move car, ca- called by Marv Albert. But if you look closely, I think he went up and under against a guy who delivers newspapers for a living. That's right. He went up over the guy that delivers papers to your house and then under the mechanic that was working on his car earlier. <laughs> and then... Perhaps the best, the best uh, blue collar profession of all that we need to mention: the roofers. The don't, roofers. Don't forget the, the roofers and the sheet Come metal workers and the sheet metal workers that MJ was going up against. MJ was fading away against. Oh no, not KD. MJ was fading away against the roofer from down the street, getting those buckets. Come on, man. I was in. I was at Nike Town, San Francisco, the other day, and on the on the fifth floor, the top floor, they have all Jordan's shoes, uh, one through however whatever the recent model is, and they were framed, and they had a story behind them. You know, the eleven he wore during the uh, 
the 72 win season and the three he wore when he was averaging so many points. Uh, but but they failed to mention in there some of the professions that some of the other guys that Jordan was playing against. I mean, come on, man. Jordan's out there beating up against a bunch of substitute teachers. <laughs> well, well, LeBron and the rest of these guys every night are going against, this is their full-time job. They're <laughs> NBA athletes. Yeah, they're playing real six-foot-ten guys. Not six foot, not six foot. Wilt was going up against a bunch of six foot one roofers. Let's be honest. One of those guys was working on the crane, putting in a new building in downtown Portland. And, the and, other, and then the, he showed up and put some sneakers on. And then the other was driving the Bobcat, trying to move around concrete. I mean, I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. Any kind of any kind of legacy debate, you can just end it right there. MJ was going up against a bunch of roofers. MJ was beating up on those plumbers pretty bad, huh? Oh my! Six God. for six <laughs> when it comes to valet parking. <laughs> Oh man, seventy seventy whatever wins. Yeah, against a bunch of milkmen. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure if you look up the actual record. I mean, come on, man. Who's playing for the Suns in the '80s? Those were a bunch of wheat farmers. Can we get Charles Barkley it, on the show? Let's to, keep it real. Can we get Charles Barkley on the show and ask him about who was playing for the? Who Suns was the, in the shooting 80s? guard for the Suns in the '80s? He was. He was probably farming wheat in his free time. Who was the small forward for the Bucks in the '80s? That's what I want to know. So it wasn't Giannis, folks. Giannis wasn't there back then. Was he delivering pizzas? <laughs> Was he the local <laughs> preacher at church? <laughs> was he the guy delivering pizzas in Home Alone, Little Nero's? <laughs> oh, come oh, on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, home, come on Chuck. You got to come on the show, man. We got a lot of good content on the show. Chuck, you got to come on and enjoy it, man. Shaq would be eating that up, dude. If that rant was on Inside the NBA, that, that would go viral. That it, would go it would, literally, viral. it would literally go like this. Chuck would be delivering the rant. Yeah. Shaq would be laughing hysterically in yeah. the corner, and they'd pan to him every now and then. Kenny, Kenny would be laughing, but he'd like try to counter argue, and then he realized that he can't, and he'd just keep laughing. <laughs> yeah. And Ernie would be trying to hold down the mess together, but yeah. but it would eat into their other segments for sure. Just like the epic San Antonio women rants. Oh my goodness, the San Antonio rant, the Phoenix Suns rant is all time. Yeah, that might be his. That might be my favorite ever. When he said when he said the chips when he said the chips were stale and the seats were dirty in the arena, I, I lost my mind, dude. But yeah, <laughs> and then and then. Kenny was like, man, they got like four players hurt this year. And Chuck's like, yeah, they were no good when they had them. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that San Antonio women one, that's tough to beat. That one is... He and, doubled, and, he has, and, he, and he doubles down on it like any time he gets asked about it ever The thing again. about the San Antonio one is he he did that rant like at least at least 10 different episodes. No joke. If you go on YouTube and just type in Charles Barkley, San Antonio women, yeah. there's like 10 separate clips of him just going... In yeah. on the uh, this the city of San Antonio, San Antonio and its inhabitancy. Yeah, dude. And then when the Heat played the Spurs in the finals, they did NBA inside the NBA live from from uh, Miami because yeah. he won't go to San Antonio. He's like he he just won't do it. <laughs> they, he didn't go to San Antonio. They just skipped out. They had someone else fill in for him. Uh, so, but when he went when he went to Miami, he brought a San Antonio air conditioning fun fun, yeah. bucket. It was like it was like a Home Depot orange bucket, and he just slapped on a sign that says San Antonio San Antonio air conditioning fun. That was such a cheap finals, dude. Because Popovich pulled the plug on the AC and LeBron cramped up in the final minutes of game one that they should have won. Yeah. Yeah, if they win game one, who knows, dude. I don't know, dude. It looked like the rest of the old men were on steroids that series, dude. I yeah. swear to God, Ginobili dunked on like three guys in, games, in game five to to put the, the Spurs up and then they never trailed after that. And I was like, huh. Ginobili's like 38 and bald. How did he just dunk on Bosch and Ray Allen? 
Dude, and they just didn't miss from three. I think they that was like the best three point shooting series team of all time or series of all time by a team. I'm pretty sure they yeah. shot. They shot. They literally shot like 58 percent from three. It was absurd, folks. Patty Mills had 18, I think, in game five. So uh, you don't have a chance if that happens. Yeah. Shout out to the Bay Area though, and Australia for that matter. That's right, St. Mary's two rings. Delhi and Patty both have uh, rings. Patty did not do anything on the Blazers. Nothing. He was garbage on the Blazers. He was bad. Yeah. And then he got to San Antonio, yeah. and he lit Must it up. Must have been those churros. <laughs> Must have been those churros. Yeah. But for real, a bunch of milkmen were playing in the 80s. Yeah, Jordan was beating up on a lot of milkmen. Yeah. A lot of plumbers, yeah. a lot of electricians, yeah. a lot of off-duty firemen, accountants. That's a good one, off-duty firemen. Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's that's a great, my, great blue-collar One of my favorite gig. ones, yeah. 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 Jordan, like a, Jordan was beating up- A bunch up, of roofers. Jordan was beating up on a bunch of gardeners. <laughs> Uh, a bunch of chefs, a bunch of prep cooks, <laughs> bunch of waiters and bartenders. <laughs> probably a bunch. Of, probably a bunch of bartenders, dude. Yeah, just bartending during the day till about seven o'clock, and then putting the sneakers on at night. A couple of deli owners. Oh my goodness, seventy-three wins, or whatever, seventy-two against a bunch of wheat farmers. Uh, that's funny, man. I don't know where you came up with that, but that was good. It's a good rant. Isn't that was it? good content. Yeah, that was really good content. Wow. Oh, well, so in conclusion, yes, LeBron may or may not be the GOAT because he's playing a real competition and Jordan was beaten up on a bunch of, on a bunch of wheat farmers. It's tough to tell, dude. Six for six, but if he's playing against a bunch of electricians. Yeah, that's a thing, dude. Yeah. When you're going up against a bunch of electricians and you got Scottie Pippen also on your team and Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yeah, and Steve Kerr, six points a game, shout out. Steve Kerr probably sold a, a couple of cartons of milk actually, a week I on think the Steve, side. No, actually, I, I think Steve Kerr was an insurance salesman at the same time. He must have been. He, I think he was. I think he was an insurance salesman, and then he rolled up and then just shot threes. Now, let me tell you something right now, folks. Clay Thompson's not selling insurance. <laughs> there, Clay's lucky in the era that he plays in, bro. <laughs> He's, uh, but yeah, he gets buckets, man, that's for sure. Having a weird year this year, though, Clay yeah. kind is. He lit up the Blazers last night, though. Oh, did he? Yeah, he finally had oh. a good game. There you go. Yeah. Is he going to turn it around? I think he's going to turn what's your, it around. What's your dude? worry scale on the dubs right now? Not worried at all. Zero? It's all good. It's a zero. Yeah. Really? It's a literal zero. Wow. Is, is KD coming back next year? I don't know, man. That that worry scale is higher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that worry scale would be at an all-time high for me. What if, what? What if KD left for China? I would, I would be like, uh, all right. I'd be happy. Be like, sweet, thanks, man. My next chapter, Just, he's wearing yeah. the Shanghai Sharks yeah. jersey. Yeah, he's like, I'm better than LeBron now. I'm playing yeah, in China. China. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and Jimmer. Him and Jimmer just getting bucks. Jimmer had 90 in a Chinese game, dude. Come on, man. Yeah, can, can, can I talk about? Okay, can I talk about this for a second? Yeah, yeah. This is what something else we got to get into. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought this yeah, up because we were about too. to wrap up the podcast without saying this, and I think this would have <laughs> just been lost in translation. Um, I could go to China right now and get 20 a game. I could get 20 a game in the Chinese league right now. Dude, you should do it. That'd be fun. I'm looking at these videos of some of these guys that are that were either in the NBA or or overseas pros and they're playing against these dudes in China and my god. I mean, they're terrible. The competition in China is absolutely terrible besides the American pros that go over there to make money. It's ridiculous. These guys are so stiff and slow and just like just foul you and like no offensive skill or defensive skill. <clears throat> it's I'm like getting the, 20 a game in China easy, bro. It's like the reverse MLS. Yeah, it is. It really is. It is. No, it is. And, and I, I'm getting 20 a game in Australia. 
Oh yeah. In that B, you're getting, you're getting in twenty. That, in that tuna league <laughs> that, that, that Dwayne Benjamin's playing in, where he had, I saw Dwayne Benjamin. Shout out, solid Division One basketball player, but he only averaged about seven points a game. Then he gets over to the tuna league of Australia, and he goes for forty-seven and fourteen in a game. I saw Oregon MBB on Twitter like retweet something, and I'm like, wait a second. Dwayne Benjamin, 47 and 14. Was he playing Tualatin? I don't think he would have had 47 and 14 against Tualatin High School. I'm not kidding. I don't think he would have. 47 and 14? I don't think he would have had that against my high school. We, we he had know. that in the Tuna League in Australia. We got to know who's in the Tuna League, man. <laughs> yeah. Man, come on, man. I need to get over to Australia and get 15 a game. And I'll throw lobs to you and you can get 25 a game. That sounds good, man. I'm for sure getting 20 a game in China. I mean, come on, man. You look at you look at some of these guys over in China, and they're a bunch of milkmen and roofers and accountants, and everyone everyone that that, you, that used to be in the league that's playing over there. I mean, Jimmer got ninety a game because that guy literally shot sixty times a game because yeah. they don't care over there. Yeah, I think Yao used to be like the president of the league. He might still be. I don't know. All right, well, we're gonna have to have him on the show and ask yeah. him what's going on over there. Can we can we sign a one year contract over there? How much do they get paid? I think they actually get paid really. They get well. paid a lot. The Americans get paid a lot. Yeah. 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 I don't know how much Dwayne Benjamin's making in the Tuna League down in Australia. I don't think that much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it means If he's more getting there. 47 and 14, bro, I could play in that Tuna League. Yeah. I'm for sure getting 20 game in China. <laughs> I, I'm going to my grave saying that. You should get over there and do it. That'd be fun, dude. Yeah. They they yeah. just they just we just we just like adver- we advertise you like you're like the Clay Thompson who got like not a fair shake in the NBA and you just get over there and get 20. I'm over there acting like the Steve Nash. I get ten a game and ten assists. Yeah, dude. We we we, we produced Tony in the field live from Bangkok. Yeah, wouldn't be a bad way to live, dude. No, but I agree. We saw Joe. I get twenty game in Thailand too, for what it's worth. <clears throat> what about Greece, dude? That would be the league I'd want to play in, bro. Live in Greece. Oh my goodness, that'd be awesome, man. We should. We... It just means more in Greece for folks who have never been. It, it really just means more there. That's right, folks. It's, imagine Las Vegas, but in a foreign country. With beaches every with beaches and water and and frozen drinks, man. You know they got frozen drinks in San Diego. Actually, that's true. And in Vegas, yeah. But yeah, in San and in Orange County for that. Chips, chips and guac. Got chips and guac and a frozen margarita at La Jolla Shores. Does it get any better than that? No, it doesn't. It only gets better at night when you go to the PB nightclubs. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Shout out San Diego. God, we should live there already. Yeah, I'm not sure why we why we aren't living there right now. Yeah, Tony in the field needs to go live from from PB. We'll make it down there again soon. No doubt in my mind. Shout out to the Fab Five. You know who you are. Um, oh, man. This was fun. Big time. It was good times. We got anything else to talk about? You got any more shout outs? Uh, do I have any more shout outs? I got a few. Uh, okay, you go first. All right, I want to give a huge shout out to Ryan Olson and Alfredo Martinez. Hey. Uh, kicking it with the homies a lot this weekend. They've been great. Just meant more on Friday night when we absolutely got after it. Uh, Dig a Pony, great Portland yeah. nightclub. Shout they out, play bangers. Shout out Northeast. They got cheap drinks and they got hot women. Uh, That's pretty much the key. That just, is the just formula. Just play Chris Brown slash Big Sean and just throw some cheap drinks at, at at the people there. Yeah, and you don't even have to worry about the third element of that equation. That will come <laughs> if you have the first two. <laughs> we all know what that is. Shout out Ryan Olson and Fredo, man. Y'all are yeah. homies. Shout them out. Yeah, I know. Same shout out. Um, let's see. Who else should I shout out? Um, man, shout out to everyone at the LSI. That was a dope tournament to be at. Um, let's see. Yeah, man. Shout out Shout out Joe Highfield for being in town this week, actually. Yeah, my, my brother. That's a good shout out. Uh, he's back in Charlotte now or flying back, like literally as we 
record this podcast but um yeah shout out to big joe dude i'm pumped we uh my parents got me ticks to uh go see a north carolina clemson basketball game in charlotte bro or not charlotte actually at clemson um so gonna go see the kid in a couple months it's gonna be perfect that's freaking awesome man shout out to all the award-winning listeners pierce fedig john dunn don moslin fab five uh yeah thank you guys man we do it for you all right, folks, hope you enjoyed the uh, LeBron MJ segment and the other segments for that matter. Uh, this has been Tony in the field. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to get another pot in uh, coming up later this week after the Ducks play and maybe before the Natty or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, just had to hit on a couple funny topics. And AP had to let you know about the roofers a little bit uh, as well. Uh, all right, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe. You know where to find us at this point. Tony in the field. We're everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, etc. White Owl Social Club tomorrow night, New Year's Eve. Get your pre-sale tickets. We'll be there, uh, and it's going to be an absolute electric factory, Chief. Oh, yeah, that's the move. White Owl, New Year's Eve. Shout out Northeast Portland. Uh, that's where we'll be. We already got the pre-sale tickets on lock. I think it comes with a couple of free beverages, and um, it's going to be... It has the chance to be an all-time night. And I'm serious. It has the chance to be an all-time night. A lot of grease. I think it is going to be an all-time night. And it, mm-hmm. as the as the great Kenny uh, once said, Kenny the Jet on TNT, let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. <laughs>